Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Farm Talk with John O'Connor. Later in the program, turf, turbines and forestry, social farming and dry stock, and the pigs crisis. But first in our program, TAM's funding is inadequate. Dennis Drennan is ICMSA Farm and Rural Committee Chairperson. Look, I suppose, John, everybody knows that the cost of uh, absolutely everything you touch at the moment is, 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 is double-digit growth almost. It's actually almost increasing uh, by daily, if not weekly, and certainly monthly. But uh, we're just very disappointed with the department on the current figures because when they when they done the new costings uh, the middle of last year, they acknowledged that the costings were actually out of date before they announced them last year. So they said they'd go back and relook at them, and they said they'd have it done quickly. But it's after taking them probably nine or ten months to do this. So we expected, you know, that they would have some realism in figures because in that time frame, I'd say steel has probably gone up sixty to seventy percent. Concrete, we know, is now at one hundred and five euros a meter for grand spec concrete. So that's probably up fifty, sixty percent on where it was even a year ago. Uh, and timber has gone up a hundred percent. So the main components in building a shed or a tank or whatever um, are really gone off the, off the scale completely. So for the department to come out with a 5 to 15% increase is truly disappointing so it is from a farmer point of view and unfortunately there's a lot of farmers caught in the scenario that they have spent the money expecting uh, a reasonable grant and uh, the grant is almost going to be uh, irrelevant to the building and uh, it's just very disappointing because look at everybody is trying to do their bit uh, to provide story stories and to be do their best and look after the environment that we're all working and living in and uh, for the department to go do this is just it's very, very disappointing. And I think insofar as you can look at one sector that's particularly hit in your membership, the ICMSA membership, but we know pigs are hit badly, etc., etc., but suckler and cattle farmers could indeed be the most exposed by input increases. That's the feedback I'm getting from some people. Well, sure, even dairy, dairy like, is, is in turmoil at the moment. Like, I mean, our main costs are feed and fertiliser. And, like, uh, fertiliser, I don't know what figure you want to pick at the moment, but it's probably somewhere between three and four-fold increase in the cost of fertiliser. And feed is, is actually, you know, you have to check almost every week with your, with your merchant or your business manager or whoever you're dealing with to see where the price of it has gone. And uh, the future's price for feed seems to be almost off the, off the scale, if even an availability is going to become an issue. So dairy farmers are seriously affected by the cost of, of their output at the moment. And, uh, you know, we'd say to, that the farmers that want to do their, their, their piece for the environment and look after things and do things right 
this is kind of a kick in the teeth for them. And do you think the current programme by Chagask and uh, Agri People to promote the concept of red clover, of clover fixing nitrogen and using slurry, that we could be aiming towards a situation where we just can't afford fertiliser, it mightn't be available, I say artificial fertiliser, and that people will now be looking to slurry and a far lower production, and of course in turn then that might hit profit and output but the role of slurry and the role of red clover fixing nitrogen, are you looking at those as uh, possible ways of mitigating the terrible situation we are faced with, with uh, the cost of fertiliser, a thousand euro a tonne and more? And more, like, uh, no, well, look at uh, all these par- all these uh, things that you mentioned will, will help, like, I mean, slurry, in fairness to all, almost all farmers this year, like, there's been no slurry spread in the close period. Everybody's holding on to every gallon of slurry that they have and spreading at the most appropriate time to get the maximum return for it. Uh, clover has been incorporated into swart, I suppose, for the last number of years, and people are really pushing on that. But there's an issue with the supply of clover at the moment. I know myself on the old farm, I'm trying to broadcast clover uh, into paddocks and say, where there is clover, maybe I'd like to have some more clover in it. And uh, clover, clover availability is actually an issue at the moment. Um, I'm struggling to source clover. So, I mean, there's, there's, look at the, we're looking at every possible option out there. We're making the best use of the nutrients we have on our own farms. And uh, we're doing the very best we can to, to manage what we have. But uh, I suppose, look at uh, facilities are always an issue. And... We need to improve our slurry storage situation and that, and, and I think the, the TAMS grant scheme was a very good opportunity to do that, but just it, it, it's just becoming irrelevant at the moment because the costings are so far out. Would it in some way, would it be a small mercy, the fact now the government has decided to extend the deadline for the nitrates derogation applications to Friday 22nd of April, would that in some way you'll be one less straw breaking the camel's back? Well, of course, it's a help, John. I mean, there's huge pressure on, on farmers with the workload. It's the busiest time of the year. Cows are milking well. It's slow to milk. You know, I mean, they have a lot of calves on farms. Sorry to get out fertilizer, to get out for silage. But also the, the advisors, both Chagas advisors and private advisors, are extremely busy at the moment uh, between single farm payment application forms going in, but also advising farmers on the ground as far as how to cope with the current situation. So both farmers are, uh, and advisors are extremely busy at the moment. And uh, any extension uh, to take the pressure off the system is always welcome. I know you are the ICMSA, but it's interesting you say in your press release there, your press release uh, of 12th of April, you say it's interesting to see that the pig and poultry investment ceiling in TAMS can be increased from €80,000 to €200,000 as a response to the crippling problems they are facing. And you pose the question in your press release of the 12th of April, why wasn't the ceiling for dairy and beef investments increased pro rata? And do we not want environmental investment progress in the dairy and beef sectors as well? Yeah, well, I suppose, look, most of your listeners will understand, but generally in, 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 a, in, a, in a cap period, there's a ceiling put on the maximum investment that any one farmer can avail of. But we're in intermittent funding at the moment. So, I mean, a lot of people have their full allocation used up for the previous five-year period. And we're in a two-year interim period at the moment. And, I mean, generally, when you get past the, the five-year period, the clock resets again. But we're in a situation at the moment that we've lots of farmers who want to do their bit for the environment and put extra facilities in place and, you know, be in control of slurry rather than the slurry being in control of, of them. And, and in a lot of cases, it's farmers who have already enough slurry storage but just want to maximise the available nutrients in the slurry on their farm 
And, uh, you know, there's no help there available because the government haven't uh, increased the, 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 the ceiling for investment and haven't rolled over and haven't brought in a new scheme for those people who have maximised it the last time around. So, I mean, they, they keep coming back and saying, well, no, we can't do this, we can't do this. But, but, but like, they've responded now to the pig and poultry sector, sector in this way. So why can't they respond in a similar fashion to the dairy and beef and sheep industry? And just to finalise, they're speaking to Mr Dennis Drennan, the ICMSA Rural Farm and Rural Affairs Committee Chairman. Now, I know it's all these sectors are more or less interlinked, even though being sectors, uh, special sectors in their own right. But as regards the repayment of the BEAM funds, that came as an awful shock to some people, seeing they might have bills of €10,000. But would you, with one of those farmers and organisations, uh, representative, saying that the BEAM scheme refund, that should be extended over a far greater period because that's, again, all these loads being heaped onto farmers. If that was, you know, suspended for a while or would you like to see that you know, put to one side, frozen until we get out of this terrible situation of ever-increasing prices for inputs rocketing? Absolutely. We're, we're completely in unprecedented times at the moment. Like, I mean, if you said to somebody, you know, at this time last year even, or this time two years ago, that can would be up at €1,000 a tonne and protected urea would be at €1,200 a tonne and feed would be heading fast, rapidly for €500 a tonne for a good dairy ration, I mean, people would have laughed at you and said, no, it could never happen. But here we are. So, I mean... Profit margins on farms are going to take a serious hit this year. And uh, if the department could give, show some mercy and, uh, you know, extend the period which, by, by which these, these repayments have to be made, it would certainly be welcome on farms and, and give farmers a chance to cope with what's currently going on without having to repay for, for previous, you know, previous debt that they have on, on farms. Like, so any little thing that, you know, simple, simple things like that, it's not a huge amount of money from a department point of view, but it could be very significant at an individu- individual farmer's level. And that one billion euro that's there, the, the bar one billion euro, the Brexit adjustment reserve, that one billion adjustment reserve, should that be eaten into? Should that really be used and co-ops dig into their reserves? This is a crisis, and as soon as the Ukraine-Russian invasion war is over, perhaps then we'll get back on an even keel. But I think what's needed is something to tide us over until things get back to something like normality on the global scene. But the bar, that's... A Brexit adjustment reserve, a billion there still, I believe. Absolutely. And look, I mean, the government are in a position that they can borrow money at very low rates at the moment. And farmers are just in, in completely unprecedented times. So, like, nobody has ever seen anything like this. Nobody could have forecasted it. Nobody could, if somebody got this right, I mean, if I knew where fertilizer was going to be, I wouldn't be even farming anymore. I would have filled sheds with fertilizer and uh, I, I'd be sitting pretty somewhere now after selling it all. So, I mean, we're in completely un- unexplainable, unprecedented, unforecastable times. So, I mean, I think the government really needs to maybe step in and, and look at maybe interest-free loans or interest or loans at very low interest rates to, to help farmers get through this, this, this uh, critical time and, uh, you know, do their best. And uh, even for all, all businesses, not just farming, but, I mean, there's no reason why we can't have some sort of interest-free loan or low-interest loans to help farmers get through the current time because, as I said, it's completely unprecedented, unpredictable, and it's definitely not anybody's fault. Thank you very much indeed, Mr Dennis Drennan, Chairperson, Farm and Rural Affairs Committee of the ICMSA Irish Creamery Milk Supplier Association. Dennis, thank you very much indeed for stopping from your very busy schedule to speak to the Dairy Gold Farm Programme. Thank you, Dennis, very much indeed. Thanks Thanks a million. Thanks, John. Thank you very much. 
joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, we have Mr. James Murphy, Dry Stock Advisor, Chagask Sandfields Mallow in County Cork. First of all, James, welcome to the programme. Now, before we start talking about uh, dairy beef, beef double S, and various other things, could you please remind our listeners about a very important event upcoming fairly soon? Yes, John, thanks a million. Um, so, there is an event there. So, there's a future beef breeding farm walk on at Ger McSweeney's farm, Touring Bond, Mill Street, County Cork, on Monday, the 25th of April at 6pm. So if farmers can convene at St. Nicholas Church, Kilcorny, uh, which is, has an air code of P51FW65 at 6pm, they will then be brought to George Farm. So the topics that would, be, that would be discussed on the evening will include preparing your bull and cows for breeding, Having heifers at two years of age, selecting the right bull for your herd, synchronization and heat detection. So, to convene at St. Nicholas Church, Kilcorny, P51FW65 at 6pm on Monday the 25th of April. Now, could you please remind our listeners about some very important upcoming deadlines which farmers should be aware of? For beef farmers, okay, so Monday week, on the 25th of April, there will be the closing date for both the BPES and the Dairy Beef Scheme. So, if you are a participant in the BPES or Dairy Beef Scheme in 2020 or in 2021, you must apply again. So, there is late applications will be accepted, but they will be subject to reduced payment, and the late applications will finally close on the 20th of May 2022. So, if you are looking to apply for the BPES Scheme, before, without penalty, you must apply before the 25th of April, Monday the 25th. So, you can apply for the Beef S scheme if you are the owner of an active herd number with a, with a herd number status. Also, if you submit a BPS application in 2022, had suckler calves born in your, on your, in your herd between the 21st of, uh, on the, between the 1st of July 2021 and the 30th of June 2022. And also to agree to complete what is known as a mandatory action, weighing action of the suckler cow and her calf. So, for the mandatory action, the suckler cow and its calf must be weighed before the calf is weaned. The unweaned live calf and their dam must be weighed on the same day. What an eligible suckler cow calf pair is a cow that has calved between the 1st of July 2021 and the 30th of June, what will calve up until the 30th of June, 2022. So the animals, so the cows and calves, must be weighed individually. So you can't have the cow and the calf up on the weighing scales at the same time. They must have an individual weight. Only a registered scale can be used. And these weights must be taken, can be taken from the 1st of January, 2022. And all weights must be submitted before the 1st of November, 2022. So you can either use your own weighing scale or you can also borrow weighing scales. All owned, bar- owned or borrowed weighing scales must be pre-registered before weighed. Uh, ITBS will make a tab available on their website which will allow farmers to register their scales. So if you, ha- if you are, have to register your weighing scales, what details are required is the manufacturing details, the indicator models and the serial number. Now, if you don't have access to uh, weighing scales, uh, if you don't own one or you can't borrow one, 
You can also rent a weighing scales from an approved field service agent. So that could be a local participating mark or co-op. The number of eligible cow-calf units will be weighed, weighed will determine the overall rate of payment and which will, qui- which will qualify you for the other optional measures. So there is the mandatory weighing, a- weighing action that I've just spoken about. There's now two optional actions. So the first optional action is the meal feed. So the meal feeding is an introduced meal for a period of four weeks pre-weaning and two weeks post-weaning. This is, this is to, just to reduce the stress on calves at weaning. For the farmer, this app just need to record this action in case of an inspection. So the calves must be supplemented with compound feeding stuff containing appropriate minerals and vitamins. There is a second option in option action one, instead of meal feeding, is the vaccinating of calves. So to vaccinate calves, you need to implement a vaccination program for respiratory diseases in suckler calves. The details of this must be recorded by the farmer and must be produced if inspected. Then an optional action two is fecal egg testing. So the fecal egg testing is targeted to, at the control of both liver and rumen fluke in adult suckler cows. So these samples must be taken and submitted to a Department of Agriculture approved lab before the 3rd of October 2022. So if you do pick optional action two, which is the fecal egg sampling, you must ring up a lab and they will send you a, from an approved from the Department of Agriculture, take these samples and be submitted back into the lab before the 3rd of October 2022. So then kind of moving on then just for the BPS scheme, so the rate of payment, right? So for the mandatory action, which is the weighing of the cow-calf pair, so if you were to, for the first 10 cow-calf pairs, it's a, it's a rate of payment of 50 euro per cow-calf. Uh, from the 11th cow up into 100 cows, cow-calf pairs, it is 40 euro per cow-calf pair. Then for the rate of payment for option action one, which is either the meal feeding of calves or the vaccinating of calves, it's 30 euro per cow-calf eligible pair. And then for act, optional action two, which is the fecal egg sampling, is €10 Euro per cow-calf pair. So in total, if you were to pick all the mandatory actions and the two optional actions, you will have a rate of payment of up to €90 Euro per cow-calf pair on your first 10 cows, and then €8 Euro cow for every cow-calf pair up to 100 cows. Do you want to say anything about the dairy beef calves scheme and the deadline for that and one or two important comments regarding the scheme for dairy beef calves. Clarify yeah. that for people who probably know about it but at the same time it's important to refresh their memories. Yeah, so look, the, look, the dairy beef pro- look, there is a dairy beef program as well which, which, which opened last year and this is the second continuing year of it. This program is open to all farmers again for rearing progeny from the dairy herds for beef systems who commit to complete the mandatory action uh, required within the duration of the program. So it is, so from, it, what is, first of all, of a difference from last year is the payment will be made on dairy beef bread calves from the 1st of July last year, 2021, and every calf the calves up until the 30th of June, 2022. So from a difference from this year and last year is autumn-born dairy beef calves are now eligible to be weighed this year. So with that, 
It's a mandatory measure. It's the weighing of the live cast and to submit the weight as well up into ICBS. So the rate of payment is also the same as last year, which is up, which can be paid up to 20 euro cash. There is a minimum amount of calves, that, eligible calves, that is required, which is five calves. The, ma- the difference from this year and last year, last year had a maximum was up to, with 20 calves. This year it has moved up to 40 calves. So if you do have 40 eligible calves, you will get a rate of up to 800 euro. For that calf to be eligible, it must be at least eligible for weighing. It must be at least 12 weeks of age for weighing and has to be on your farm for at least 10 days. And like the BPS for the Sucker Cow Calf Game, the application for that is closing on the 25th of April. So if you haven't uh, haven't applied yet, I'd, I'd advise you to apply soon or get in contact with your advisor from that point of view then as well. Now, the BPS and Dairy Beef Scheme, other benefits of weighing the cattle. I know, again, these are probably clearly understood by most people, but at the same time, with so many different um, actions pulling farmers in different directions and underlying that, the fertiliser costs and input costs, etc., just a brief overview of the requirements for the Beep S and Dairy Beef Scheme and a few benefits of weighing the cattle, the, the need to weigh the cattle and the benefits and payments you get for this. Yeah, so look, as I say, as I say, is that weighing is it's an essential management too, and it should be carried out regularly on beef farms. Because look, beef farmers are selling kilos of beef, be it like live weight or carcass. So you need to know what you are producing and how much you are producing. So look, a major benefit that you'd have from weighing weighing your cattle is being able to calculate your average daily gains. Okay, so how much in terms, how much your cat, or how much are your calves, your weanings, how much weight they're putting on per day. So if we're to move it in terms of a suck in a suckler herd, if you were able to weigh your calves, you're able to see your, your best you're able to know what cows are producing the best calves or the heaviest calves. So if you're able to know that, you're able to know let's say your best calves, your best producing calves, uh, and let's say your your let's say your least performing calves then as well. And that will make informed management decisions then as well in terms of cows to be called then out of the herd then as well, just to improve your improve the genetic potential in the herd then as well. Then, look, another major benefit then as well is in terms of selecting your slot for sale if you're, if you're selling them by weight. So you, if you know what your market wants or what your buyer wants by weight, be it lightweight or dead weight, you're able to meet the requirements. So there's no less guessing taken out of the whole thing then as well. Also, if you are uh, bring, bringing cattle to slaughter then as well, and if you aren't slaughtering them, if you were to weigh them before you were to sell them, you were able then to work out the kill-out percentage of that animal and how well that animal was performing then as well. Another very important kind of a measure that will be kind of a benefit then as well is you're able to understand how much it is costing you as a farmer to put on a kilo of live weight gain on your farm when you know the weight. Like if we were to take an example of buying, if you have weanlings and you were to bring, weigh them before you were to bring them into the shed in the wintertime, and you weigh them then the following spring when you were to put them out then out to the field, you were able to calculate how much your cattle on average put on over the winter. And then it's quite easy to work out then how much did it cost you then between how many bales you bought or how many bales you made and how much meal you gave them, how much it cost you to put on put on that weight per head uh, and per kilo then as well. So it is just a great understanding then as well with that. Another benefit that I received then as well, and another important one, is when dosing animals. So if you do have an accurate live weight, 
you're able to dose accurately. So therefore, you kind of reduce the risk then on your farm of antimimetic resistance, which is becoming very prevalent on, on farms at the moment then as well. So there, kind of, John, is just kind of the main benefits I kind of see from weighing cattle on beef farms then as well. Now we turn to another scheme. It's uh, very loosely linked to beef. It's something that's a new... If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Development, organic beef farming, and organic farming in general, or the OFS scheme, as I call it, the organic farming scheme. Now, good news there for people who are still working out uh, details. I understand, uh, James, that there is an extension, uh, a short extension, to the organic uh, farming scheme. The deadline's extended. Yes, that's right, John. So, look, uh, the organic farming scheme for 2022, it, it opened there early, around the uh, early February. Uh, who was due to close there on the 8th of April. Uh, however, uh, the Minister Pippa Hackett uh, gave a two-week uh, of an extension. So the, the new closing date for the organic farming scheme is the 22nd of April this year. So I know if people are still thinking about the organic farming scheme, um, I would be advising now at the moment to get in contact with your advisor now about the application. Um, and look, that what your advisor would be able to give you uh, give you an information on terms of your eligibility on it and just that more in terms of how suitable it is on your farm then as well. Could you please remind our listeners about that very uh, important upcoming event? And there is a future beef breeding walk on Jerome McSweeney's farm, Turing Bond, Mill Street, County Cork, on Monday the 25th of April at 6pm. So if farmers can convene at St Nicholas Church, Kilcorny, which has an air code of P51SW65, 
at 6 p.m. They will then brought to George Fair. So topics that will be discussed on the evening will include preparing your bull and cows for breeding, calf and heifers at two years of age, selecting the right bull for your herd, synchronisation and heat detection. Mr James Murphy, Dry Stock Advisor, Chagas Sandfield in Mallow and County Cork. Thank you, James, very much indeed. Thanks, John. You're very welcome. Pig farmers are warning that a €100 million bailout of the sector is needed to ensure its survival. Irish Farmers Association and Meat Industry Ireland met the Oireachtas Agricultural Committee about an unfolding crisis caused by Brexit and COVID-19. IFA President Tim Cullen says pig farmers are facing a very serious situation. All we have to do is look at the assessment that Chagas have presented. We're showing losses over the last number of months, totaling $160 or to put it in context at farm level, the average farmer would fight to 600 sows is losing 80 now between 60 and 70,000 per month. So it's a very, very serious situation on the ground. Pig farmers right across the country has agreed to pay a levy back to the government over a 15-year period of 90 cent or a euro per pig. And what that will do is fund 50 million. Now, we are asking the government to come forward that fund immediately and also to co-fund that to a tune of another 50 million. So there's 100 million needed at the moment. It's about the survival of this sector. The Cabinet has been asked to sign off on a further 16 million euro package for pig farmers. It will see them being paid up to 70,000 euro, depending on farm size, size of herd and number of pigs. This comes on top of a previous package which paid pig farmers €20,000 each. Agriculture Minister Charlie McCullough says it's to address rising costs like feed and energy. Next in our programme... Macrinaferma update. Hi John, it's Marie here, Balancholic PRO and Shandoon PRO. Congratulations to Mr. Mayo Shane Quigley, who was recently crowned Macra's Mr. Personality. Mr. Muskery John Lynch from Ahina Macra came second, and Mr. Monaghan James McAlerney was third. Congratulations and well done to everyone involved. Entries are now open to Irish Agricultural College's students for the Macrinaferma Farm Business and Technology Award. The award forms part of the annual Ag Challenges Day involving Ireland's seven agricultural colleges. The overall winner will receive a top prize of €1,000 and a trophy for their college and a €500 technology grant for the winning college. So best wishes to all involved. Congratulations to Clonakilty Makra, who won the National Senior Debating Finals. Club member Anne Barrett won Best Senior Debater. Bantir Makra won the National Novice Debating Finals. Gillian Moore of Barry Rowe Makra won Best Novice Debater on the night. So well done and congratulations to all involved there. Best of luck to Whitechurch Makra and Clonakilty Makra, who recently progressed to the National Drama Final. And it takes place in Rossmore on April 23rd next. So best of luck to everyone as they prepare for that. On April 22nd, Whitechurch Makra will host a bingo fundraising night in collaboration with Embrace Farm at Cades County in Glenville. It starts at 8pm. Keep an eye on our social media pages to see what we're up to. And new members are always welcome. Thank you. And thank you, Mairead, Mairead Tuig, for that Macra Firma update. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Ms Sheila Kelleher, IRD de Hollow. First of all, Sheila, welcome to the programme. Now, IRD are offering a very interesting farming opportunity. Would you tell our listeners something about this uh, farming opportunity for our listeners in the farming community and rural people in general? What is the scheme actually called? 
Dew Hollow Social Farming is funded by the Department of Agricultural Food and the Marine and its aim is to offer people with disabilities the opportunity to spend time on a family farm um, taking it uh, taking part in the day-to-day uh, farm activities um, in a healthy and supportive environment. Um, so Dew Hollow Social Farming it operates on a voluntary basis um, to enable real working relationships and friendships to develop um, the farmers support participants to engage in farm activities on and around the farm. Um, so some work might include feeding and caring for animals, planting vegetables, um, just general farm maintenance, and probably the most important thing, of course, is the cup of tea before they go home. Very nice. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine is supporting the scheme and financing it. Well, that uh, indicates it must be of great use and of great importance, and it's been thoroughly vetted, and uh, all angles from the point of view of safety of all involved are uh, well covered. Yeah, of course. Um, like, every farm is different, I suppose. So uh, this programme now that um, IRD are running, the, the social farming programme, it'll give um, financial support to cover any health and safety adjustments that need to be made on the farm, um, assist with insurance costs, um, that you know additional costs that may arise because of um, social farming activities, um, as well as opportunity to access relevant training courses, um, such as first aid, for example. Um, so it's a, it's a really good opportunity for farmers if they're looking to do something that will uh, benefit their community and, and just benefit themselves in general. Now, the participants' scheme, is the scheme open just exclusively to people in the Duhallow geographical area or are there other similar types of schemes operated by the adjacent uh, regions and other parts of Ireland? Can someone who is, you know, on the borderline just outside Duhallow, technically, geographically speaking, can they join? Is it a kind of a fairly relaxed um, entry scheme? Yeah, yeah. Um, one of our farmers is is just outside the border, so um, we'd be we'd be very much willing to talk to anyone um, who's interested, and um, look for people that are further afield. Um, it, across the country, there's the uh, Social Farming Ireland program that's already established, and in Kerry, there's um, Kerry Social Farming. So there there is lots of opportunities around the country for people if they do want to get involved. Um, but yeah, if, if people in Cork are interested, we'd love to hear from them. Um, they can contact us always at 029-60633 and we'd be happy to, to discuss this with them. And as well as that, for people who are familiar with the internet, I know some people mightn't be too fond of it, it's a bit complicated for some people, but you do have an internet address where people can contact you if they have an iPhone or they can contact you from their laptop or their computer. So an email address for people who might like to contact you that way. Yeah, of course. Um, they can contact me at sheila.kelleher at irdduhallow.com. Um, it's up on our website, irdduhallow.com, um, and just search uh, social farming, and you, you'll find our webpage, and um, anyone is, they can contact me at any stage, and I'll, I'll get back to them. This scheme has been highlighted in some programmes on national TV. So this is something that's been pretty popular in various parts of the country. Are there strict age limitations or is age an important um, part of uh, participating in this Duhallow social farming scheme? No, age is is not a a hindrance at all. Um, the, The participants are 
adults, um, just if anyone's wondering about that. Um, so, yeah, young, old farmers, we'd be, we'd be happy to talk to. Um, so just so they know, participants will come to the farm once a week. Um, they'll spend an average of three to five hours um, on the day they attend. And the farmer will support and work alongside the participants. So um, I suppose the activities that we'd be hoping they do, are they're structured, but they're meaningful, and they're part of your typical farming week, so you don't have to adjust greatly what you're doing. We're focusing on participants' potential rather than their limitations and encouraging them to socialise, gain confidence, and, and build relationships. Um, so social farming for for farmers it creates the opportunity just to reconnect with their local communities um combat rural isolation and give farmers and participants kind of a sense of purpose um you know i know when i visit the farms myself as the, as the facilitator of this program um i can see the contentment and joy um the farmers do get from their involvement with social farming and the bonds they build with their participants is very genuine and mutually beneficial you play to people's potential rather than limitations. And, of course, people may find they excel in some other activity which they hadn't even thought of. So you're playing to people's potential and strengths rather than limitations, and that's uh, very important. So I'll give the number one more time. It's IRD to Hollow. Contact your good self, Sheila Kelleher, at 029-60633 or on the website, sheila.kelleher at irddohallow.com, all lowercase. Sheila, thank you very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thank you very much, Dan. You're thank very you. welcome. IFA Environment Chairman Mr Paul O'Brien has welcomed the extension to the 2022 nitrate derogation application deadline until Friday 22nd of April midnight, Friday 22nd of April. Mr O'Brien said the extra week will provide much-needed time for farmers wishing to apply for a derogation to gather and prepare the information required to submit a successful online application. Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, ICSA National Beef Chairman Mr Edmund Graham has called on Minister McConnellug to allow farmers repay beam money over a much longer time frame to improve their cash flow situation in the shorter term. Edmund Graham said, We are now in the middle of an unprecedented cost inflation crisis, with fertiliser, fuel and feed all gone off the Richter scale compared to 12 months ago. He said as farmers, particularly in the lower income sectors, fighting to survive, it's unconscionable that a scheme supposedly meant to help farmers would now potentially push them over the edge. Part of a statement there from the ICSA National Beef Chair, Mr Edmund Graham. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell has again urged food business operators and agri-food exporters to intensify their focus on preparations to meet the new UK import control requirements, which will begin to apply from 1st of July this year. IFA Poultry Chairman Mr Nigel Sweetham said the decision to increase the TAMS investment limit on poultry farms to €200,000 would help farmers upgrade their farms. Mrs. Sweetham said the IFA had campaigned for the increase to better reflect the scale of investment needed on poultry farms. The existing limit had been €80,000. We are joined on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme by Mr. Seamus Boland, CEO of IRL, Irish Rural Link. First of all, Seamus, welcome to the programme. 
Well, Irish Rural Link was established in 1991. We're celebrating our 30th anniversary. We should have celebrated it last November, but it'll be slightly later because of COVID this year. So we were founded mainly to be a voice uh, representing rural communities. And I suppose our byword would be sustainable rural communities. In other words, communities that maintain a reasonable population, a reasonable income, reasonable access to services, and a reasonable place to live. So that would be the kind of aims and objectives of the organization rolled out in one. So the kind of stuff we get involved in then is advocacy. We will always fight that rural services should be available in rural areas, health, education, the post office, banking, and all of that. We will fight and do fight for that. We fight for the fact that jobs need to be brought into the regions, rural areas like this, uh, and that they should be uh, strong enough to keep young people living in the area. And in that sense, uh, that's our main work. And after that, we do a lot of other programs like Farmers for Safety, education of people uh, to the Internet for banking and agriculture. Um, and we also do a major work in terms of we have a big um, Meals and Wheels network where we uh, train and educate people to help and assist older people and anyone who needs help uh, in their own homes, especially after being released from hospital. And we do a lot more than that, but that's just a, a sample of what we do. The pandemic, which struck us down for two whole years, has that, in an ironic sort of a way, has it actually helped stabilise rural communities by the number of people deciding, not as many as had been hoped, by people deciding to work remotely with computers and in that way people would move from the cities into rural towns and villages or areas where property might be cheaper and uh, life better but certainly the pandemic raised that question of people moving and working remotely well in in one sense of everything you're, you're right it has brought a silver lining and in many ways, it has shown people that the quality of life in a rural setting um, is very high. We always knew that, but we always wanted to try and give a situation whereby people could live. So what you're hap- what's happened since is that people have moved out of the cities and they've discovered they liked it. And they, they've also discovered that they can be as productive and they can work just as hard as if they were working in the offices in Google or uh, Microsoft or some of the big companies, or even the smaller companies. So that's the first thing they discovered. And the second thing we all discovered was that broadband, that thing that's costing everybody, according to the economists, far too much, is as essential as water or electricity in the rural area. And with broadband you actually, in one go, bring the population or rebalance it. You bring them back from the cities and rebalance it. And towns and villages have seen the upshot of all of this. So the pandemic has shown us there is another way, uh, Sulela, as they say, another way to do things. And I think we should really build on that and take advantage of it. Sulela and Shlielela, as it were. Shlielela. Yeah. Of, of course. Speaking to Mr. Seamus Boland, CEO of IRL 
Irish Rural Link. In rural areas, transport's a real problem for people, whether it's going out socially or otherwise. What would you like to see done to boost um, social connections within the rural areas in terms of transport, in some way boosting transport? Yeah, I think that's the big challenge. Now, it has to be said that Local Link are, are developing and growing all the time, and there's, been, there's some excellent services available through the Local Link, and people should check them out, and if for no other reason, put pressure on them to deliver even more services. But yes, there needs to be a radical think in terms of policy. Uh, the National Transport Authority monitor this and do it, and as far as I'm concerned, they need to radically change the transport system in rural Ireland. We need a different system, one that depends on needs must. In other words, follow the person who needs it. So that could be a kind of a, we kind of phrase, uh, John, we called it Uber. You know, the Uber service, we said rural, put rural on it so it becomes Uber. We need a service that people can demand because one of the problems in providing transport in rural areas is that it suits some people sometimes and it doesn't suit others other times so you just need to redesign the system but a major investment into rural transport is required and that would help the uh, climate situation the emissions situation and all of that and it would make life a lot easier especially for people who can't afford a car but on the status of turf and turf burning people in rural areas are up in arms because they say traditionally They've been able to harvest turf and have a lovely warm turf fire. And they say the bogs are part of Ireland's uh, natural property. But on the other hand, environmentalists and people who are not too much into the green message believe that bogs, the existing bogs, are great carbon sinks. And if we want to keep the national cattle herd, the bovine herd, intact and not drastically cut it, well, the bogs are great carbon sinks, rather like the Amazon rainforest. Well, coming from Irish Rural Link, I'm going to say something which may not be massively popular, but we, we have to wake up and realise we should all be concerned about the environment because the environment or down the year, down it's up to 2050, is not looking good. So we have to do something. And unfortunately, turf contributes, burning of turf contributes to all of that. So one way or another, we're already moving away from turf. The decline in turf cutting over the years has gone, uh, it's a substantial decrease and even 10 years ago, and that's reducing all the time. So people are already saying no. However, the current crisis is really one that makes no sense because the transition for, that people have to make is big. It's, it costs around anything from twenty to 80000 a house to change your system. And not many people have that money. And they've, they've brought in grants, and that's a good thing. But unfortunately, the grants don't really help you if you're on the low income. So we have to wait and do it properly. What the current crisis should have uh, been solved, it should have said this. Let's uh, reduce the turf cutting, but let's increase the supports needed for people to change their systems. 
And that will happen gradually and slowly and to the point where you have no more turf cutting. So really changing the system in three months, in other words, stopping the sale of turf in the next three months, means there are thousands of households will go without essential fuel to heat their houses. Now, you, that's just terrible. You can't make people uh, effectively die with the cold because how are they going to change their systems within three months? So we've asked government, pause this one for another year, get the grants, especially um, supports needed for the very lower income, to help them get their system changed. And remember, getting tradesmen to do this job is very difficult at the moment, and they're not available and they're not even trained. So if they persist with the policy, John, then many people could, and I'm not being dramatic here, but it's true, will not have heat for their houses in the winter, and I don't think that's acceptable. Thank you, Seamus. Mr. Seamus Boland, CEO of IRL, Irish Rural Link, part of an interview there with Seamus Boland. We'll be covering other parts of the interview in future programmes. That's Farm Talk. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to Barry O'Mahony and Marie Twig for contributing to the programme again this week. A special thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. Have a very happy Easter holiday. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.